0: Welcome to the Vineyard Altoona podcast. If you have any questions or just want more information, you can visit our website at vineyardaltuna.org or any of our social media platforms at Vineyard Altoona. And now, here's Derek with the message. So I have a question for you, and kids, you can shout this out too. If you had super, something super important, A really important message, a really important thing that the whole world needed to know. How would you go about letting them know? Shout it out. What would you do? Facebook. (laughs) Facebook, All right. That's for, for the older crowd, right? What else? That's it. Everybody just turns to Facebook. There are no other ways to let people know anything. Any skywriters? Would you skywrite it? People are like, what is skywriting? <laughs> Man. Uh, well, instead of skywriting, you know, the, you know the big things that they fly across at the beach? The big, you know, the, the banners? Who would put it on a banner? Anybody put it on a banner? What about TikTok? Who's putting on? A couple people putting it on TikTok. What about Instagram? Press release. How many of you are going to fax it to the billboard? All right, I like that. I like that. Craigslist. Okay. Tell, my mom. She'll tell, tell your mom, she'll tell everybody. <laughs> Anyone else? Anybody else got an idea? Way back in the back, what do you, what's your idea? The news? All right, the news. All right. So one of the things that has happened, you guys already kind of touched on it, that has happened in our culture through the advent of social media, is that everybody is allowed to say things to the entire world. Have you noticed that? Like on social media, you can put something out there that the whole world is forced to contend with. Now, if they don't follow you, you're probably never going to see it. But everybody gets a voice. Everybody gets the ability to say something. So if you want to, you can put something on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, all these places make it possible for you to have something to say to the world, right? You know what I just found out on Friday? Like, this is extended. How many of you know that you can publish a book without going through the book publishing process? Did you know that? Like, just anybody can send a manuscript to Amazon and they'll put it on the website, and if somebody buys your book, they will print it for you. Did you know this? Like, this is the way increasingly things happen. But in the first century, there was no Instagram, there was no Facebook, and there was no Amazon. And so you couldn't go around proclaiming something to be true you had to demonstrate it to be true. You actually had to live it. It had to be something that made a difference in the world. You couldn't just say an idea, like so many people do on Twitter, that they don't actually live, and say, okay, this is great, or I read a book, this is the most discouraging thing in the world. Have you ever read a book and then realized that the people who wrote the book don't actually do the thing that they said they were gonna do? I got halfway through a book, like, you know, five hours into this book, And I started looking these people up. I was all excited. I was like, yeah, this is amazing. And I get halfway through the book. And then I was like, oh, they closed and they stopped doing this. So it was like about church life. And I was like, well, I don't want to read the rest of the book now. That you can create things now, but you couldn't do that in the first century. We're in this series called Strangers in a Foreign Land. And what I've told you is that Peter is writing this letter all to to these Christians who are exiled all to the ends of the earth. Uh, uh, to the edges of the Roman Empire. And they were sent there because of the faith that they had in Jesus. And what, they, what Peter wants to make sure happens when they get there is that this gospel message spreads. If you haven't captured yet in First Peter, the essence of First Peter is how does the gospel spread in a place where people don't support your faith? Anybody feel like you live in a place where nobody supports your faith? Live in a world where nobody supports your faith. This is the idea behind First Peter. And so today what I want you to see is that Peter teaches us to live a life that testifies to King Jesus. We're not going to just put it on social media, but we would live a life that testifies to King Jesus. I'm calling this message Committed to a Kingdom Way of Life. Would you all pray with me? Kids, would you pray with me? We're going to pray, all right? So Lord, I do just welcome you into this space. And, Lord, we're so grateful for all that you're doing in and through the kids' ministry. And, Lord, I do pray for more, that these kids would follow you as far as you call them, that they would be filled with your spirit. And I pray, Lord, that you would come in this space, that you would fill us with your spirit, that you would come and have your way. We welcome you here. Lord, would you put power on this message in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. First Peter is where we're at. Shocking, all through the summer. First Peter, uh, we're in chapter 2. We're going to begin at verse 11. We're going to read to verse 17. Here's what we read. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Honor the emperor. Okay, so these people that Peter's writing to have been sent to the furthest edges of the Roman Empire, like I said. And at the very beginning of the letter, we talked a few weeks ago about how Peter's like saying, This is who you are. You're chosen people. You've experienced God's mercy. You've been selected. You are the recipients of this gospel, this salvation. You're special. You have received the mercy of God. And then last week, Evan was talking about you're a a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a chosen people. And what all through this time Peter's been trying to say is you are the continuation of what God has been doing in the world. And so God has invited you into the mission and that they've they've inherited the mission of God. So when we get to today's passage, the first uh, chapter and a half has been about who you are. And in today's passage, the first two verses, verses 11 and 12, sort of serve as like a hinge. Everything turns on verses 11 and 12. And in verses 11 and 12, he's going to turn to here's what you should do, practically speaking, where you are. Verses 11 and 12, let me read them again. It says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Now, Peter says, avoid the sinful desires. But it's not just good behavior for good behavior's sake. Don't act right just to act right. One of the goals that Peter has is that people would discover faith in Jesus by how these exiles would act. Now, in the first century, every philosophical system had a high aim of self-control. So it wasn't just Christianity. It wasn't just the Christians who were like, well, self-control is kind of the thing we're after. It was everybody that controlling your desires is a, is a, a first century aim. Now it's contrary to now. Now it seems like indulging your desires is the, uh, the cultural aim. But at the time, everybody was trying to figure out how to control your desires. And what Peter says is, you all who have the Holy Spirit, show them how to do it. Live your life in such a way that you can control yourself. And so Peter tells them to to basically beat them at their own game. You're trying to control yourself? Let us show you how that works. And the idea here was that they would, in verse 12 it says, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So the whole point of living a self-controlled life is so that people might discover Jesus. That they would say, we've been trying all the philosophical systems that we can think of to to live a self-controlled life, and yet you guys can do it. Why? And they would be curious. Basically, the point that that uh, Peter is making is that Christians should live a self-controlled life because the pagans have been trying to do so all along. And that even though they'll make fun of you for your belief in Jesus, you are living in a way that they want to live and they can't. And so that's the idea. That's the point. You know, the the basic the basic difference between Christians and the rest of the world is really one thing. It's really one thing. It's that we see that there is a kingdom that you can't see. And it's governed by a king who gives us everything we need to live in that kingdom. That's the difference. Everyone else in the world around you who does not follow Jesus lives within the sphere of what they can see, right? They're like, well, these are the things, these are the factors, here's all the things that we know. I'm going to try to live to some aim that mostly is culturally dictated, and that's, that's it. But Christians understand there's another kingdom that's more real, that's more real than what we see that's governed by a king who has invited us into relationship and will give us everything we need. That's the difference. And that's the difference that makes all the difference. The result of this is that we actually can live the lives that everyone else who's trying to make it on their own wants to live. People in our culture want to live a secure life. They want to have some sort of security. They want to have some sort of, like, their own uh, purpose. But... Jesus gives us our purpose, and he gives us the spirit in order to live an empowered life. So this is the difference, right? We understand that there's something that we don't see that makes all the difference in the world. And so Peter says, live a life that testifies to King Jesus. For those of us who live a life following Jesus, we've come to the awareness that the kingdom is how we live our life. That we're someone who lives with one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom that we can't see. Do you understand that to be true? That there's things about the way we live life that don't make sense to everyone else, right? There's things about, there's sort of like this philosophy I've seen where it's like go along to get along. You know this line? Have you heard this one? That everybody sort of has this idea that, well, you know, we'll all just cooperate and it's not the most honest thing, but we'll all kind of get along and we'll make it. Or whatever people don't know won't hurt them, but Christians are supposed to be people who live with integrity, That you can trust them. And the reason we do that is not because it's necessarily the most uh, expeditious way to live life. It's because we know there's a king who rules a kingdom, who gives us everything we need. That's the difference between Christians and non-Christians. And so what should happen is, as we live our lives in alignment with the kingdom and the king... It should demonstrate to the world around us a life that they're not not able to live. That's the whole point here is that Peter is saying you should live a life that looks so good that people, even though they make fun of you, they'd want to know how you do it. That's the call is to live a life that testifies to King Jesus. So what does that look like? It could look like a whole lot of things, but this understanding that, that Peter is saying live a life. That testifies to King Jesus will inform the next two, roughly two chapters of First Peter. So, what he does is he gives us this concrete thing. He says, Live a life that testifies to King Jesus. And now he's going to give us a whole bunch of examples. And in verse 13, here's what he says He says, Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong. And to commend those who do right, for it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. So in order to make sense of this illustration, you have to hold on tightly to that Peter's primary aim is that people would discover the gospel. That the gospel would be transmitted by how we live life. And so he gives this example to the Christians about how this works. He's talking into a first century context. Does that make sense? So the things that he says, we can't just go, well, let me find an emperor and I'll honor him. And therefore, I've got it figured out. Does that make sense to you? Like, the Bible, maybe this, Let me. you know this wasn't written primarily to you? Like, this was actually, a lot of these letters are written to someone else. So we can't just say, well, let me, let me just take verses 13 and 17 and we'll just sort of like just directly apply them. We have to understand what it is that Peter's trying to say. We have to get the principles that Peter's trying to write and then say, how does that apply now? And so what Peter says is that, that, uh, that we're completely surrendered to Jesus and then we're as agreeable to everyone else as we can be. That we're completely surrendered to Jesus and then be as agreeable to everyone as we can be. Be as respectful and honoring as that allows. Now, how is, how is that? How does that work? You see, think about it for, for a second in this way. These Christians had been part of Rome, and the Roman Empire and the emperor had exiled them, mainly for suspicion about their religious beliefs, so they would have every right in the world to be angry. They would have every right in the world to be bitter, to, be, uh, to, to get back at the, at the emperor. They would have every right in the world to complain, to hold a grudge. And Peter tells them, don't do that. Respect everyone around and honor the emperor. Why does he do that? Because for Peter, the spread of the gospel is way more important than getting my way or protecting my rights. That's the whole point. The spread of the gospel is way more important than me being treated the right way. It's way more important than getting my way. It's way more important than getting my rights. You know, we live in this country and in this city that is increasingly more unsupportive of our faith as followers of Jesus. You live in a place where increasingly, even some of us might be seen as as a hate group increasingly people are not supportive of faith in Jesus. We, most of us live uh, in neighborhoods where people aren't just like building one another up in their faith, right? Most of us go to workplaces that are not like, yeah, you guys should grow and deepen your faith here. Many of us go to schools where they're not like, well, let's make sure that you're deep in your faith in this school. Some, many of the colleges that we go to are antagonistic to faith. And what I have seen hinder the spread of the gospel in our city and in our country is this deep, like rooted desire in Christian lives to get our rights and to have my way. We gotta make sure that we get what's, what, what we deserve, what we're allowed. We gotta make sure that we get our way. We gotta make sure that everyone lives our way. What Peter says here. It's not about your rights. It's not about getting your way. It's about what will it take for the gospel to spread. Because the only thing that will change a culture is that the gospel permeates it, right? Have you ever tried to change anything by just putting a rule in place? It just doesn't work, right? Because then everybody's angry about the rule and everybody wants to push back against the rule. The most important thing is the spread of the gospel. And it would be far more uh, far more uh, effective, that's the word I'm looking for, far more effective to the spread of the gospel if we were people who held tightly to King Jesus. We were not surrendered to anyone else. We had no other allegiance but King Jesus. That we lived lives that demonstrated king, that Jesus is our king. And then that we were as agreeable as that allowed us to be that we were as respectful and honoring as that allowed us to be. Well, does that mean we should just let everyone walk all over us? Shouldn't we fight for what's right? Why would we submit to people who are not Christians? Because Jesus is our model. Who for the sake of the kingdom Surrendered himself to pagan authority. Surrendered himself to the Pharisees for the sake of the kingdom and the furthering of the gospel. Because the kingdom is far superior than any authority on earth, Jesus laid down his life so that the gospel would spread. And if Jesus is our model, that's the way we do our lives. Jesus said this in John 12. Those of us who love, know, love, and follow Jesus are to live lives that testify to King Jesus. You know, when we become Christians, what we often say is we've given our lives to Jesus. You know this phrase? And the terminology is really important because if, until we have surrendered our entire lives to Jesus, we always want our rights. We always want our way. It's really hard to lay your life down for the sake of the gospel if you haven't surrendered your entire life to Jesus. The terminology here is really, really important. Because what I think we're called to do is to make the gospel the most important thing and the spread of the gospel the most important thing. But the only way that works is if we have completely surrendered our lives to Jesus, that we've counted it all as loss for the sake of knowing Jesus and that we're people who are concerned at the highest level that people meet Jesus. Interestingly enough, we say that our mission statement is to transform the spaces we inhabit and inhabit by the power of the gospel. That's the point. This is the whole point. And as we go forward, there's gonna be things that Peter says that are not gonna make sense if we don't understand this. The most important thing is that we would live lives that are devoted to Jesus. Thank you again for choosing the Vineyard Altoona podcast. We're so excited to see how God will release his kingdom in and through you today for the glory of Jesus Christ. With this, be blessed, and we'll see you next time.